All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 243. Drew and I are going to break down last week's NBA draft, the winners and the losers. John Wall is going to be a Los Angeles Clipper. What does that mean for the team and the future? DeJounte Murray traded to the Hawks. Russ opts in. Beal opts out. Harden is going to give up money to build a team in Philly? What is going on with the world? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 243. Uh, we had to push this episode back a little bit due to Drew's... Uh, what did you have? You had a root canal. I had two yeah. visits to the urgent care because I have a, a busted eye, I, a busted yeah. eyelid right now. Yeah, it's um, off-season for NBA <laughs> when, when they get all their procedures done. It's off-season for Clips and Drew. Mm-hmm. We got to get our procedures done. We got to hey, get bro, those we- in. We pay for insurance. We might as well get all this stuff done, bro. Your boy's <laughs> got to go look at, might have to get some LASIK surgery. Um, hey, but really quick, I wanted to say something. Uh, um, you know, me and you, us, and our group of friends, we, lo- we lost a homie this week, man. We lost our friend, uh, Tori Larson. I got chills saying it. He's a dude that uh, spent a lot of time with, played a lot of basketball with. This dude was a bulldog. Uh, one of the le- my least favorite people to have to play against because he loved playing against me and loved to be all up in my grill not letting me do any of the flashy shit that i love to do yep um but he was a really good kid man we lost a really good friend this week to cancer and uh uh, i just feel so bad man i feel so bad for his family his girl uh and i just wanted to show him some love i know he listens to our show and he's going to be he's definitely going to be missed so i wanted to give tori uh some love on our show man so this one's for you tori yeah, I'm really glad you're doing this, Clips. It was a shock uh, when we found out that he had cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all too fast uh, to see him to see him leave this earth. Uh, and and one of the genuinely nicest people that I have the pleasure of coming across. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm thankful to basketball for bringing me all my friends, including Tori, um, yeah, it's a tragedy, man. He was too young, definitely too young and too good of a kid. He was so mm-hmm. healthy, Clips. He was, he was oh. in the gym mm-hmm. all the time. And it just is like, how does it happen to that guy? You know, that is the last person I would have expected. Uh, tragedy, tragedy. So, yeah, RIP, Tori, man. You'll be missed. Yeah, he was the dude that would, you know, my house is always the house where anybody can come over, watch a game, yep. uh, hang out, get away from your girl, get away from, you know, normal life, come over here and. And uh, he would always do that, man. Pull up with a six pack, just chop it up for a couple hours. But you're right, man. This game brings us a lot of good people in our lives. And he was definitely one of them. So uh, this episode's for you, Tori. Uh, it's actually going to be our first episode, episode of our season six. We're now officially in season six of the follow through with Clips That's and right. Drew legendary podcast. I cannot believe we've made it this far. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, I told my, it was funny. I was telling my sister and my mom. Uh, last week i'm like yeah like i said on the show like this is definitely the longest relationship i've ever been in and uh it's so true and it's just been a good ride it's crazy to say that it's 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 season six so 
we have a lot to do on this show. So much is happening even as like we're doing this podcast right now. A lot of stuff happened this week with the Clippers. We got a lot of free agency stuff. I wanted to touch on first. You know what, Drew? We're getting really good at our job, okay? <laughs> we are getting really good at our job because I got to say, man, our calls on the draft yep. were pretty goddamn spot on. You were right with the Paolo, which let, let's, let's do this really fast. I was so upset. I texted you right away that <laughs> – that Woj blew the surprise factor yeah. of who's going number one. And I hate that. I hated it so much because this was, it, like we said, this wasn't a LeBron, definitely this is, it's LeBron going one or it's Blake going one. This was up for, up for grabs. We really didn't know. And then Woj comes out before and says, yep, going to be Paolo. And I'm <laughs> like, dude, can we have some form of surprise here, man, please? Well, so hold on. It was still a surprise though. I mean, yes, it, it, was, it wasn't a surprise that was revealed uh, by Adam Silver when he pulled the card out and read the name, but it was a surprise because everyone, including I believe Woj, like 15 minutes before that, was like Jabari's going to go one, and so it was a surprise. And I still think that was fun. And it was to me, it was like, oh my god, they're going to they're 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 pulling the wool all, of, all over all of our eyes for all these weeks. <laughs> They've known for it a didn't long even time. work out for them, man. He didn't even work out for them. They're yeah. taking him sight unseen, I, and that's. I, that's it's what the unreal. shock is. It's <laughs> unreal. I so I, but I did listen to Ryan Rosillo's podcast. He had um, the GM of the Orlando Magic on, mm-hmm. and at least to Ryan, we don't know whether or not this is you know hand to God, but he said that Paolo's team and Paolo himself went through all the all the things that they asked of him, but but did not work out for him so apparently there was communication apparently there was you know medicals exchanged and certain things like a you know some sort of phone calls or conversations happened but it is the strangest thing that he didn't he didn't work out for them anywhere you know he didn't necessarily have to go to orlando to work out like he could have been like you know come up to wherever the hell he is mm-hmm. and bring your scouts and i'll do my workout and you can do it so I, I will say it was a surprise, uh, even though I called Paolo as potentially being the number one overall pick. And I still believe that he is currently the best player right now of the three, uh, which, you know, felt good when, when his name was called. But uh, I, I was definitely just as surprised as I think everybody else was, because it really felt like it was if it wasn't going to be Jabari, it felt like it was going to be Chet and that Paolo was not on the table. So. I'm actually okay with Woj breaking breaking it the way he did, but because it was still a surprise. Yeah, and then you hear the stories. You're like, damn, Chet really did like he tanked his workout for Orlando. Yep. Try not said he. There was not a chance in hell this guy wanted to go Orlando. It was OKC or bust for this kid. <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, you. I mean, it's it's huge to go number one, but to finagle like you know he wanted to go to OKC. So. <clears throat> I, you know, he got what he wanted. He did. Jabari didn't look stoked to go to Houston at all. Like he did not look excited. He was planning on being the number one pick. You know, he was just as shocked as we were probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we got, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised that Chet was so against going to Orlando because he went to high school with Jalen Suggs. Right. They're homies. Jalen Suggs to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And so, and they're homies and they talk all the time. And so, mm-hmm. 
perhaps Jalen was the one that said, you maybe <laughs> you don't want to come here. Maybe Orlando might, it might not be the spot for you, Chet. And if try having the case, then Orlando has a bigger problem, <laughs> try having not your best workout for Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Which is, it, I mean, it's just shocking to me because, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine a guy who, who is that close of friends with somebody who got one year experience on him. Mm-hmm. And obviously led him to Gonzaga in some form or fashion and said that like greenlit that for him. And then, you know, <laughs> just doesn't want to be on the same team with this guy in the NBA it was pretty surprising. But but I'm happy that he got to go where he he's going to go. I think he's going to get a lot of run at OKC uh, and he's got Shea there running, running things for him. So it could be. Could be a great setup. Well, the nickname now for him and Poku is already it's yeah. already golden. The thin towers is just so perfect. Slim towers, the, the thin, the, the thin and slim towers, dude. Yeah. I love it. It works. I'm still not sold, Chet. Clips is staying with uh, staying with uh, my take on him. I need to see a lot from Chet. He looked <laughs> so damn skinny up there, man. He looked so skinny up there. I'm like, oh yeah, it looked like Adam Silver had 25 pounds on him. Yeah, yeah, and Silver's Silver's a twig as well. Right, but like, okay, so those were the those were the first three, and then I was waiting for the juicy. Uh, is Sacramento going to blow it? Like I thought they would, and they yeah. did. They went with fit, like like I said, that would happen. They went with Keegan, and and then Ivy went to where I wanted him to go in Detroit, which is and awesome. It is awesome, man. And you want to know something? I notice again why. I know I made a bold statement last week saying that Jaden Ivey is going to be the best player in this draft uh, in a couple of years looking back. Uh, he was the first, the only one in the lottery that cried when he got picked. The only one that cried, man. And to me, that showed me a lot. It showed me that this dude, and obviously you could tell he was raised really well and, and you know, his mom was very well-spoken and awesome. She was fine too. She's got a good, good looking mom. Um, he cried. He was very excited to be going to Detroit Obviously, the family, Ivy's family, has a lot of history in Detroit. His yeah, runs grandpa, deep. yeah, his grandpa played for the for the Lions. His pops played for Country Day, which is where Weber went to high school. Yep. Uh, his mom has ties there, and the city's already embraced him. So I think it's a great a great opportunity for him, and I'm stoked that he went he went there. My only my only f up of the draft mm. was was Shaden. Because Shaden didn't work, like nobody knew what Shaden was about, right? All we're yeah, going mystery off, player, mystery player. All we have is high school tapes and like and projections. Workouts at Kentucky. That was mm-hmm. that was it. So I thought I had him falling down to eleventh to the Knicks. I'm like, if anybody's going to take this kid, it's going to be the Knicks. Yeah, so he, it would be a great. <laughs> it would have been a great Knicks pick, yeah, for sure. Uh, but he went higher than than I expected. So what was your take overall the draft? Well, so you know, I have I had written down a couple things here. Okay. Uh, and I want I want your take on this as we go through them. Okay. So you kind of just answered the first thing on my list, which was the biggest surprise, right? And your biggest surprise sounds like I you know I don't want to say it for you, but it, would that be qualified Shade and Sharp going seventh to to Portland? That was a, that was for lottery. Yes, that was the mm-hmm. I, that was way earlier than I thought. So that would be my biggest surprise. Yes. Okay. Okay, and well, so for me, the biggest surprise, and this might be obvious, because everything really did outside of Shaden, even even with the Blazers taking Shaden, we knew he was probably going to be in the mix somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paolo was the biggest surprise of this, and I and usually it's not the number one pick, mm-hmm. uh, but but it, to me it was because of everything we just talked about, and and the rest of the draft kind of went for the most part the way. Can that I we ask expected. you a question? Yeah, what the hell was on Paolo's? uh suit diamonds. How uncom- 
Was that what it is? They diamonds. look like just was it really? Yeah. He had like huh. little flower diamonds. I mean, okay, so we can talk suits because Palos was it, it, I mean, it looked like Prince reincarnate, like I, Prince. That's a, if, if I would have ever seen Prince wear a suit, it would have been that suit. How right uncomfortable there. is that got to be? That's got to be really yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Sitting down, having like diamonds poke you in the butt <laughs> and, and your back. I couldn't have been couldn't have been great to sit down, but it mm-hmm. looked, looked pretty fly. And then my boy, Benedict Matherin, I think kind of stole the show with his with his swaggy suit that he had there. But anyway, so biggest surprise, Shade and Sharp for you. Paolo Bancaro going num- number one for me. Uh, I want to move into the best fit, right? So we everyone already knows the order. If you don't know the order, you can go Google it and it'll pop mm-hmm. up. You go to the NBA app. They have it all there for you. Best fit, if you had to pick one, and I, what I mean by best fit is one player drafted to one team, who's your favorite best fit overall? I mean, it sounds like it might be Ivy. Well, I just, that's where I wanted him to go specifically for yeah. that reason. I really think the backcourt of him and Cade is going to be special. And I, I hope one of your questions, I think one of your questions is going to be who did the best in the draft at yeah. some point. So yes. let me, let me save the rest of my Pistons talk for that. Okay. So for me, I had three fits that I really like. I, I do like Chet going to OKC. He wants mm-hmm. to go there. I think that's a really important thing. When, when players get to go where they want to go, I think they just they show up with a different attitude. Than you mean when you when when you completely bo- like rig the situation <laughs> so you go where you want to go? Yes. <laughs> However, he did it. He did it, and he mm-hmm. got to go where he wants to go. And OKC, I'm sure will love him. Uh, you know, uh, maybe until the season starts. I don't know. But uh, Ivy was number two. I think Ivy's fit with Detroit next to Cade. It's awesome. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Detroit for that. For for the Kings screwing that up. Um, <laughs> And then, honestly, Clips, this one's kind of a curveball here, but mm-hmm. uh, Agbaji uh, going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Some people didn't like it. Some people thought they reached. I think this kid is going to be really solid for them. Defensive-minded, he can shoot the three. I don't know how his NBA range necessarily will translate, but he is a winner at Kansas. He's improved year over year. Uh, he's an older player, you know, so there's that. Uh, but I just think that Cleveland, even though they might have swung a little too soon, maybe they could have traded back and still got him. I think the fit there is all about the exact mentality that the Cavs are looking for. And and when you're a fan of a team, I mean, I say this all the time, but when you're a fan of a team and your team has a direction and then they follow through with that direction, that has to feel good as a fan base. So those are my three biggest. And obviously the first two, Chet and Ivy, are not surprises. Mm-hmm. I think my surprise is Agbaji and how much I really enjoy his selection to the Cavs. I did. I did have Dang Usman Dang going to the Spurs because I thought it was such a Spurs pick. Totally. And I'm like, and now that we'll talk about it later, but for the first time ever, Spurs are in full tank mode right now, uh, <laughs> which you you'd never think about, right? Yeah. And this is just as of today. I, I mean, I, I when when they, we'll, we'll get into the trade, okay. but but I was thinking maybe Pop. There might be something about Pop coming through from Woj here in a, in a moment's notice. That <laughs> well, he he's going to step down. Handing off the reins or, or joining the front office, uh, like kind of, you know, whatever I, you know, I, I still, I'm not, I'm not giving up on that actually happening here in the next couple of days. <clears throat> um, so my next one is what you alluded to. Who did the best as a team on draft night? Who was your, who was your number one team draft? Well, it can go two ways because if I'm the magic and I t- take Paolo, like that's great, great pick for them. I think, He's going to fit in just fine there. I think after he was, you know, after he was taken, you get to sit back and look at the situation. You're like, okay, 6'10, he could score. That's what they need. 
no expectations really like of playoffs or anything like that. He's got a lot of guards. They're young. Like I, I like that a lot, but again, Pistons, man, yeah. Pistons did it. I mean, they got Durin too. Yes. And I think that's huge. And I was talking to our, our CEO of basketball news, Scott, uh, Scotty Hale, um, who's a pist- big Pistons fan. Diehard. Oh my God. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> like if you think I could talk Clippers, you got to see, we had a long conversation the other night. Then he sent me a text message breaking down like salaries going into next year and what's yep. on the books and what's not on the books. And uh, they also just traded for Nerlens Noel and one of my favorites, Alec Burks, yes. who I love. I wanted him on the Clippers for the past few years. Uh, the Knicks talk about people just giving shit away. Oh my right? gosh. God, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about the Knicks here in a second. But I thought that I thought the Pistons did really well, man. I thought they yeah. did really well. If you're trying to like you had just mentioned, if you're if you're gonna go towards a direction, you have to bring the players in for that. Like at some point, dog, OKC has to OKC has to be like, are we going to compete for a playoff spot yeah. at some point? Or are we just gonna keep accumulating picks for the rest of like what what is our direction, right? Yeah. So the Pistons, I think, are taking a very good initiative, drafting well, uh, surrounding their suit, uh, their star uh, with the right talent. So I, I'm, I'm happy with what the Pistons did. I totally agree. I think, obviously, the, the Jaden pick we talked about, but the Duran mm-hmm. trade, uh, they also slide Kemba in there, who, who did shoot it at 40% on catch-and-shoot threes last year, even though he's a liability more than ever on the defensive end. Uh, but, you know, after a year of uh, – <laughs> of Tibbs, I can imagine that he might be playing with a little bit more pep in his step uh, when he slides over for, uh, for Drew, uh, who's the head coach? Dwayne. Dwayne Casey. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dwayne Casey. Uh, I, so I can imagine him maybe being a little bit more reinvigorated over in, uh, in Detroit compared to under the the thumb of Tibbs. Uh, So, but your segue actually kind of works for me here because you mentioned Oklahoma city. That's the team that I think did the best. And I think when you're in a, a position like Oklahoma City, they finally started to, you know, move some of those picks to get some of the guys that they're trying to take home run swings, right? And to me, if you're in the position of Oklahoma City or Orlando or Houston, uh, those kinds of teams where you're at the bottom of the bottom, I think the best thing you can do in these drafts is really take some home run swings and see if one connects and, you know, gets you out of the park, so to speak. And they did that, in my opinion, uh, with Chet, Usman Dang getting that guy under. We have no idea how good or bad he's going to be, uh, but there's there's signs that he could be quite good. He's a project. He's yeah. a project, and that's why I thought Spurs would take him because the Spurs love projects. They do. But now that they're kind of like in this mode of we got to get back back on the. I mean, things have gone downhill since Tim Duncan retired. Dog. I mean, <laughs> you've traded DeRozan. A- Ginobili retires. Parker. You get rid of Parker. You trade DeRozan. You trade Kawhi. You know what I mean? You really you you cut uh, uh, Aldridge. You know what I'm saying? Like they've done a lot of things, man, that aren't too popish, if you ask me. And then you have this kind of really cool core of DeJounte, who we both really like, who I I had up for defensive player of the year. It was a long shot, but I had him up for it last year. And then he's traded away today, which, again, we'll get into a little bit. So, yeah, but but Oklahoma City also drafted two Jalen Williams. Right. That's weird. So they have four picks, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. those are the kind of home run swings that you need to take. And I think the one that, like, the two Jalen Williams ones actually aren't necessarily home run swings. Uh, uh, but, but the second one, the one that they got in, in the second round, is the guy that I've been t- calling his name out on this podcast each year, two years in a row for Arkansas. 
while he was going through March Madness. And that was a kid that I thought maybe the Warriors would pick as like a Draymond Green replacement. He has all the tools. He's bigger than Draymond Green. He's 6'10", but he's a great passer, really solid rebounder. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy, um, but I do like both Jalen Williams, the one from Santa Clara that they took, who was a decent scorer, who also led his team in assists, um, but is an older player. And then, you know, the Jalen Williams from Arkansas, I was, I was stoked to see his name called on draft night. So I think Oklahoma City can, can feel pretty good about what they did. And, and when, you know, when the rubber meets the road, it's time to start using some of those picks. So I was happy to see Presti finally go, okay, like let's pull the trigger on somebody that we think could turn into potentially, you know, some amazing player. Um, so I, I thought I thought they did a good job, which does, of course, lead me to the other side clips. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who who did the worst? Who was the team that did the worst on draft night? Hard for the come on, man. This is an easy answer. Yeah. And if you're a Knicks fan, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? What are you doing? I feel look, man, as much heat as I've taken as a Clipper fan my whole life. Right. What are these guys doing? OK. You talk all this huge, you're giving away your assets, basically. And I just, I just don't know what you're doing. And now you're about to give away $100 million to Jalen Brunson, which was yep. part of what I wanted to talk about today. I've, there's probably not another podcast, unless it's a Dallas Mavericks podcast, that, that talked more about or praised uh, Jalen Brunson more than us. Yeah. This whole season, man. We have brought his name up so many. I love Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I do not love Jalen Brunson at $100 million. There is. And, and like you, you put his dad on the coaching staff. Yep. He has a lot of relationships with the New York Knicks. I'm fine with the Knicks getting Brunson. But to mortgage your franchise for Jalen Brunson is just it's, it's, it's so weird to me. He's not a Derrick Rose. He's not a Chris Paul. He's a good freaking point guard, man. Yeah. And I love, you know, Barrett. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Julius Randle. The, the number one thing the Knicks should be doing is trying to get rid of Julius Randle or figure out, you know, because two years, three years, was it two years ago he's all NBA, right? Yeah. And two years ago he's all NBA. And then this past season he's just like, like what are we? He's unhappy. He's back, to, back to where he was. Got his bread. And he's like, you know what? I'm cool. Yeah. So and that's I don't the know. thing. Like they should have in these Detroit deals, that's the guy you send to Detroit. And you keep Nerlens maybe, or, you know, you package somehow. I mean, I get it. The Detroit wouldn't be stoked to take on Julius with his contract mm -hmm. necessarily, but they have some room. Like if you're, well, what's that there, mean? What's that mean with quickly, man? Like I no. like quickly. Wasn't, isn't that your point guard of the future? I don't know, man. I, as much as I love Jalen Brunson, I just think some of this money is ridiculous and we'll get into like ridiculous money here in a minute. But do, do you agree with me that, I mean, it's it's not set in stone yet. I know Jalen's going to meet with uh, the Heat tomorrow and he's going to meet with the Knicks, but it, everything's set up for him to go to the Knicks. That's what's going to happen. I don't think Miami has a shot. Uh, I think it might not even be 100, man. It could be all the way up to like 115. And don't you think that's a little too much, man? Yeah, it is. And I, I everything that you have said about Jalen Brunson is completely accurate. We are big fans of Jalen Brunson on this show. And we will probably continue to be, mm -hmm. but for the Knicks to handcuff themselves to a player that probably isn't worth that kind of money makes no sense. You can still offer him a contract that is reasonable and comparable to whatever else everyone's offering him. But I don't know another team that's going to go 
Jalen, here's four years, $100 million. I don't know. There's not Andy one, Klein, bro. He's not going to do it. No. Uh, you know, Dallas won't even do it. Dallas is certainly not going to do it because they didn't even offer him at the 60. Mm-hmm. They could have got him. I think they could have got a three year 60 extension on him this year. And they decided to not do that. Um, and unfortunately for Dallas, they should have that. I mean, that's a, that's a mistake on their end. I think Jalen would have taken that before the season started and would have said done like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be here. And that would have been a great asset for Dallas to keep. But they did bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who did quite well for them. And I Mm -hmm. uh, like when that trade went down, I said, this probably means they're passing on Jalen Brunson. And then it turns out, you know, when that happened, Jalen is the second best player on their team. Right. So, you know, Christian Wood being on the Dallas Mavericks, who knows how good or bad Jalen Brunson's numbers would have gone as they look into this new potential uh, offense thing that they're going to have here with Christian Wood. But, uh, yeah, this feels like the Knicks. Uh, are settling and and they're doing it uh they're they're competing against themselves is is the point that i'm trying to make they're 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 trading everyone away to get this one guy who's a very solid point guard but they're not competing against anyone and they're just going to give him this much money for because they want to because they hired his dad and and that's what his dad thinks his son is worth now don't get me wrong i think jalen brunson uh, if given the ball and told to go run the show, will, should deliver great numbers. Uh, you know, I, they're I would still assume, not going to be a hundred million dollar numbers, dude. And 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 he's then they're not going to get any closer to a, a, a playoff, like significant playoff run. No, or like a Vegas finals run. Vegas isn't going to put your odds better now that you have Jalen Brunson. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and the other thing that this comes with, Drew, is the same thing. Is like, look, if you're paying Jalen Brunson thirty million dollars a year, and it's not translating to you know, deep in the playoffs or whatnot. He's just going to be a scapegoat. He's going to be like, oh, well, we paid all this guy, all this money to this guy. And he's only giving us 18 and, and 10 a game, which is what I think he could do if he and gets fantastic. Those are fantastic numbers. Right. But are they $30 million a year numbers? No, no. So that, that's all I'm saying. So I think the Knicks really messed up the draft because they had their focus and it's been documented for so long. I think Jalen Brunson got to set his price tag dog, especially after the playoffs. I think he knew the Knicks always wanted him. Obviously Rick, his pops had been in discussions with these guys for a while because they're family members. They've known each other forever. Right. So I think Jalen Brunson, especially after the playoffs was like, you know what it was, it was, you know, what, what did Rick Ross say? Like, the price today ain't the same price tomorrow. And that's exactly that's exactly what the Jalen what Jalen Brunson's doing. I bet you he would have been like you said, he would have been fine with that 65. If oh, somebody yeah. had thrown it out to him early, cool. Yes. Yes. But, but and that was the like, mistake. That was the mistake the Dallas Mavericks made. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes you make mistakes. I don't think anyone would have thought he was gonna Jalen Brunson was gonna have the season that he had this year. You know, everyone Fair. saw he was good last mm-hmm. year. But no, I don't think anyone expected him to take that kind of a leap. And and Dallas included, even though maybe they should have thought <laughs> a little bit harder about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but to me, it is also just a definite failure of the Knicks to be able to attract an actual superstar free agent. Something wasn't that what the wasn't after- the, wasn't that what the the new the new org- the, the new world order in the Knicks? Wasn't that what they guaranteed, man? Yeah. First, it was Kyrie and KD are coming. Right. Oh, they're here. Oh, they're no. here. They're coming. they're coming to New York. <laughs> They just did. They didn't. They they're didn't, just going to Brooklyn. They didn't bro. zoom in on the map enough <laughs> when they said they're coming to New York. We're going two uh, boroughs over, bro. Yeah. So and I mean, they brought in Fournier and that that really fizzled out. And that was I mean, if we want to we want to pat ourselves on the back for being good about stuff. I I was on the Fournier thing for a for a minute there. And then it really took a dive. 
Um, so I, I will call myself out on, on being supportive of Fournier after his uh, Olympic uh, run that he made for France. Mm. Uh, so it's just, it just sucks because for, I mean, I would love to see the Knicks be in the mix again, the way that they were two years ago. That was a lot of fun seeing Madison Square Garden packed yelling at Trey Young all the shit that we got to see was a lot of fun and I would love to see that again it just feels like they're they're further away from that moment than they were two years ago which is hard to believe um so yours is the Knicks for the worst team draft mine is the Sacramento Kings and and not because Keegan Murray is a bad player uh not because I don't I think he'll do. I think he'll do great. I think he should do good. I think he he can kind of be like a, a Mikhail Bridges esque, if you will. That's I think that's a similar kind of path for him. A three and D guy. Uh, uh, he's a little bit bigger than Mikhail Bridges, but Mikhail's got that crazy wingspan. Uh, and I think uh, they went with a safe pick. The Kings did, but the, the like reason, I said, they would do. Yes, but the reason that I think they did the worst job was because there was suitors. So many teams lined up for Jalen uh, Ivey, like, like we said mm-hmm. uh, in, in the last podcast. And what was found out after the draft is even when Detroit drafted uh, Jaden Ivey, there was, I think, 12, I think 12 teams called Detroit about a trade. Like, can mm-hmm. we trade? We want Jade, we want, we want Ivey. Mm-hmm. We, what do we do? Which to me means the Kings should have taken Ivey, waited for Keegan Murray to get drafted, and then get Keegan in. Go ahead and trade Ivy to whatever. Get team. assets. Get get another draft pick. Mm-hmm. It just it's just like it's mind blowing that they wouldn't just do it. And then okay, look if there's no suitors, right? Like just let's just say my for instance is completely baseless and wrong, which is not because we know for facts that Detroit <laughs> got calls. Mm-hmm. But let's just say that it is. Then you end up with a potentially a fantastic player on your team. And yes, maybe you have to shuffle some guards around. Maybe you trade Davion Mitchell to, to a team that wants him. Cause I'm assuming that there's probably at least a handful of teams that would have gone. Yeah, we'll take Davion and we'll give you maybe a second rounder. Or we'll give you some, something in return and the mismanagement of the opportunity to not trade back before the draft trade, trade back for somebody and then keep it close to the vest. You want you know, trade, trade with Portland. Mm-hmm. Trade, trade back with Portland. They would have loved Jaden Ivey, I can imagine, based on the fact that they took Shaden Sharp. And Portland, I'm assuming, probably would have given one of those picks that the Pelicans gave them for C.J. McCollum. So it's, again, the two teams, not surprising from you and me, the Knicks and the Kings. Like, something, something sums up with the K teams in the NBA because they cannot get it right. Yeah, like who's manning the phones in Sacramento? You know what yeah. I mean? Who's manning the phones? And I think we have brought it up on a, it was a few podcasts back, but like, what are the front? Oh, this was what I was talking with about the Lakers. I don't mean to bring up the Lakers right now, but like, who's running your organization? What is the deal? <laughs> yeah. dude? Like, what are, do these people even know what they're doing? You know right. what I mean? Or do you just have this label? Right. And isn't Shaq part of the Kings? Right. He is. Yeah. He's right. a part, he's a part owner. Yeah. So somebody needs to like, there needs to be some kind of game plan. You have, two months to prepare for this or a month to prepare for this. And you need to be ready as an organization for everything that could possibly happen. Like this could let's put up on, on the whiteboard. These are the yeah. five players we're really looking at, right? Maybe we maybe we can finally move this De'Aaron Fox piece that, that, that uh, we've potentially wanted to move. People have been interested about De'Aaron Fox. Right. And then we have this great draft pick. So you're totally right, Drew hundred percent. 
What are these people doing? And then there's the proactive ones like OKC and like Detroit that are making moves right now. Even Portland's trying to do something right now, which we like to see because your, your window's closing. Guys, the window's closing on Dame. Well, that um, window's that window's painted over for the mm. Kings at this point. That, that window can't open. They already <laughs> don't want to go there to play for you. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it makes it's already difficult to get it's somebody. So, it's so difficult. And, but what I will say is that Keegan Murray is from I believe he's from Iowa. Mm-hmm. So Sacramento should be in, he should love it. He should love Sacramento. <laughs> I think he should fit right in. That that's where I'm at on that. Any more <laughs> questions regarding the draft? I got one last one. Cool. Who was your steal of the draft? I wanted Benedict at in Indiana. Yep. I think uh, I think Indiana got a really great player. I think he's going to be coming. Uh, we don't know the situation with them, like we said on the last show. Seems like Miles Turner is going to be there. I don't think Brogdon's going to be there. I think it's going to be a good opportunity uh, opportunity for Benedict and uh, Halliburton to do something special. At least build again. Yeah. You got to build, man. Let's get take two young players that are really good. We don't know how good Benedict's going to be in the league yet, but I'm assuming he's going to be just fine. Halliburton, who is another F up, <clears throat> another fuck up on, on Sacramento's part, just giving yep. away this guy. Uh, I actually didn't give away. It was a good That's trade. A bonus. It's a bonus. Yeah. That's I, a bonus. I mean, but like, does anybody have patience anymore? Yeah. Does, do no basketball teams have patience anymore? Uh, we're going to get into patience too in the next, in the next uh, part of the podcast. But again, I just think J- I think Jaden Ivey was the steal. Uh, I thought you I, had, uh, I thought you liked, um, uh, I like Johnny Davis. I thought Johnny Davis was a good Johnny one. Davis is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm saying steal, I'm thinking later in the draft. And I thought there was a guy that you liked that went like t- in the twenties. Mm, I'm um, looking at my notes to, to the other, the other, um, Nikola, the other Nikola. Oh, oh, uh, Hovich. Jovich. 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 Yeah, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Miami got him. Yet yeah. another one. Uh, this kid's going to be good, man. I mean, the name kind of sucks. Sorry. You have like basically the same name as a two time MVP. He's got to go by. He's got to go by. Uh, it can't be two Nikolas or, or it, it's got to be. He know, needs to be Nico. He needs there to we be go. Nico. Nico J. Nico J should be his name. <laughs> uh, I watched a lot of film on this kid. I'm surprised that. I thought I thought he was going to go earlier, but I think again Miami does this very well. They yeah. they they scout G League very well. They get the late players and turn them into players. That's what the culture is in Miami. I think this kid's going to be really good. It might take him a couple years, but from everything I watched and everything I read about him, I, 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 he's going to be really good. So thank he's you. He's yeah. he's a smooth smooth player. He's um, nice. I'll be interested to see, you know, how how quickly he can integrate into uh, what Miami is doing. And as a playmaker, really, more than, you know, an elite score or anything like that. But I think I think the kid has a high ceiling for sure. And that's a great place to snag a project uh, that has a, a real potential upside. Tell me this, because you probably know more about the Clippers pick, diabetes. I still can't pronounce his name. Uh, Michigan kid. Uh, but everything I've heard and saw, like dude's a pogo stick, 6'9". Like, so he's young as hell. He'll probably yeah. be on a two-way with the Clippers. I'll see him at Summer League. In a couple of weeks, he'll be playing. But do you know anything, any down low info on him or no? not really? I mean, to me, it's a similar uh, grab like Keon Johnson was for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the that's the guy's name, right? Yeah, Keon. we well, we he's in Portland now. He's we got him now. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. But that, to me, I think that was kind of a replacement type of move mm-hmm. to get another super athletic wing and and to see, you know, put him put him in, on Agua Caliente 
and see see what the kid can do. Right. That's, that's the way that I look at it. I, he, he's unproven, I guess, is the way that I would describe him. Uh, but but certainly athletic as, as all get out. So, yeah, it uh, could be fun for sure. Okay, we'll see. Uh, he's not as athletic as Keon was, by the way. That dude had yeah. like a 50-inch vert. Like, that's, that's hard, to, hard to come by. But he's close. Um, so mine was the pick right after the Heat in the Warriors, the reigning champions, picking Patrick Baldwin Jr. And a lot of people don't know who that is. Uh, a lot of people that follow high school uh, prospects closely know who that is. He was the number five overall ranked player in his high school class that included the likes of all these guys that we're talking about, Paolo and Chet. He was number five. Uh, and so he decided to go play for his pops at a small school in Milwaukee. And it didn't turn out great as sometimes it doesn't, but he had offers everywhere. Um, and the warriors have took a swing on a guy that, you know, maybe had a, a down year, but is, I think skilled, very skilled player, nice wing, uh, a good add to the, to the warriors and a guy that really, I mean, I think, for, for him going 28th, to me, that's a steal. Well, I mean, they have the young, they're, they're trying to build with the young guys, right? They got mm. all this young talent in there. We still got to see what, what's up with Wiseman. We know, we kind of know what Kaminga is going to turn out. Well, we don't know what he's going to turn out to be, but what he's looking like right now. And then, yeah. you know, you got pool. We got to, we talked about Golden State at length on the last yeah. one, I think. But hey, I think that's a great pull. And again, oh, what, a, what a great situation. If you're Patrick Baldwin, you're like, dude, sign me up. Oh, my God. Let me yeah. go there. And, and, and <laughs> again, the Warriors have a draft pick, right? Mm -hmm. They have a first round draft pick. This is how you do it. This is yeah. how you do it, folks. <laughs> this is how it is done. This is do the opposite of what the Knicks do. You, and you do win exactly. the championship and you still get a first round draft pick. When's the last time that happened? You I can't recall. It. You don't see it. Um. Can we get into like the, the bread and butter of the show? Yes. Because what Let's people want to know. Let's we, get into it. You know, I love talking about the Clippers, man. And we finally, we finally get something <laughs> great to talk about this week. Look, <laughs> it's funny. Jalen Rose came out this morning. He said, I think I'm going to be the first one to say it. He's like the Los Angeles Clippers. This is the best Clipper team that's ever been assembled. And I'm like, you know what? Jay you Rose said that, let said me, that two weeks ago. Let, let me tell you, Jay Rose, <laughs> uh, check, check, check the receipts, homie. Um, <laughs> Look, uh, obviously we we got John Wall. All right. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they got that Houston, they came to a deal where uh, you know John Wall left six million on the table, got his forty million. He's going to sign with the Clippers for less than seven. Um, and obviously the internet went crazy. Uh, I was very happy with it, but I'm I'm happy with this, Drew. I'm happy with what this pickup means, what this is actually in its totality. And what this means is that in the middle of the year last year, it was Clipper fans and even the media were saying, hey, Clippers need to make a trade for John Wall. Let's give up. They should give up Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, get John Wall. We get that quote play playmaking point guard that is so coveted in the NBA, even though there aren't too many of them. If you can name five playmaking point guards, I'd like to hear them. But this is us being patient as an organization and picking up a player that is low risk, high reward for this situation. We give up zero assets for it. Yeah. We get it. We get a John wall. Now I know we are not getting 2010, 2012, John wall, right? The guys played 71 games the past four years. If anything, we're getting another person that could potentially get hurt. Right. I posted a <laughs> meme on my page the other day, like, yo, 
or yesterday that the Clipper medical staff is going to be in a 24 hour rotation coming this year. <laughs> they got to sign more medical staff, <laughs> but I they, we might, you know, that's who we should have taken in the draft was a new, uh, a new physical therapist. Uh, but look, I love it. I love the patients. I love it. Look, and obviously tampering has to be involved in this because how is, how does this guy already sign with the Clippers and already intend to sign? It's because Paul George, Hey, congrats to PG getting married last week, but uh, John Wall and PG are really good friends. And look, we, we got a really good player. We don't know what John Wall, what version of John Wall we're getting. Um, and is here's here's my real question. Is he going to be a humble John Wall going through after what he just came after? Or is it going to be like that other guy in L.A. who can't be be humbled and in what Russell Westbrook with coming off the bench? Now, that is that is yet to be unknown, yet to be known is like, will John Wall start? Will it be Reggie Jackson? And I don't care. I think it should be Reggie right now. Uh, but, you know, with Reggie, we brought Reggie in to our organization to be a backup point guard. We weren't expecting Reggie to have the pressure of the whole franchise to be our leading scorer, to be this guy that we leaned on in the clutch when we don't have Kawhi or Paul George. And Reggie's done a great job. This is a great pickup for the Clippers um, for the price tag that it was. And there's nothing but upside in this, especially for like, we're getting it. If, if anything, we're getting, uh, I mean, John Wall was 20 and seven when he played those games for Houston. Right. Yeah. And his best player that he's playing with JC on Tate and freaking Christian Wood, right Yeah. now put him in a situation with, Kawhi and with Paul George and the, I think the person that's going to love it the most is Zubak because mm. he does because Zubak unlike a lot of the other guys on the Clippers is the fastest guy up and down the court he runs every <laughs> single play I don't think he'll be keeping up with John Wall but he runs to the rim every single time yeah. that's his job I think Zubak is going to come out of this better I think the spacing for John Wall and for the for the Clippers will be great um, but is he healthy and what version are we getting with I mean, that's that's definitely the question. I, I'm still befuddled behind the Rockets' decision-making with this. Um, and if, quickly, uh, very quickly, this is how much the Rockets didn't want Russell Westbrook, by the way. <laughs> by again, the way. They didn't want him gonna, again. We're just going to pay John Wall 40 mil. And we don't want. We just don't. We don't. Russ, no. Nope. 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 Nope, we're not. We don't want it. We don't want so that, that headache that, again. That makes me feel pretty bummed out. But very savvy pick for the Clippers here, mm-hmm. and 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 it does feel really good. Again, you know, something I talk about with Chet when a guy chooses a destination and gets to go there, it, it's mentally everything's clicking. He should be excited, and he's joining a team that yes is banged up and yes is injury prone, as he is himself. But a team that, if all healthy, we have said for the last couple of seasons, as we saw them make the Western Conference Finals not too long ago, a, a team that's definitely going to challenge for the for the title next year. And that's got to be exciting for you. But I will say this. I can see a backcourt with both John Wall and Reggie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with having two ball handlers out there. None wrong at all. And I think, you know, that could be pretty dynamic if they decide to go on a smaller scale even though they re-signed Zub, and I think Zub will start every game. Uh, if they, they they have lineup versatility. Are and, you kidding me, Drew? The yeah. problem the problem with the Clippers is you. I, I called four Clipper fans. 
Four uh-huh. of the people that I trust. And I'm like, all right, give me your starting five. And they, they named their starting five. And then give me your, I said, all right, give me your second team. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, okay, well, where's Luke Kennard? Where's Marcus yeah. Morris? Yeah. Huh? What, what about, Co- you, you don't have Covington? Like, yeah. are you, Norm there is, Powell? <laughs> why is Norman, Norman Powell's on your third team? Are you kidding me? And I also said, like, yo, if the Clippers don't get sponsored by Wingstop, because we are the Lord of the Wings oh, right now, yeah. if Wingstop isn't a proud sponsor of the Los Wingstop's Angeles Lakers. Clippers, they're Lakers, by the well, way. Yeah, switch teams, bro. They should. They should <laughs> switch teams. <laughs> They'll sell more wings, I bet. Uh, so here's my question to you. Well, actually, let me start with this. Yeah. This does throw a wrench in a couple things. We said, Ty Lu said, front office said, the most important thing this summer is to, to re-sign our guys, which I love doing okay uh as of tomorrow we're gonna throw we're definitely gonna throw nico his money nicholas batum we have his bird rights we're gonna give him we're gonna give him i think it's gonna be three years 30 million right i think the three years is a lot but whatever i'll take it and he deserves that money we saw what what zubak got today which i love the three year 33 you're gonna get 11 million dollars and i think that's priced perfectly i agree for, for what zubak is yes okay 10 and nine. He's the most tenured clipper on the team. He rarely misses games. He has zero ego and he gets better every year. Okay. You you pay the man $11 million and we pay it. We signed it quick. It's quick. The only thing that's going to be tough is uh, I think that we're going to have to lose one or two people. And those one or two people is most likely going to be Hartenstein and coffee. We might be able to keep coffee. Now look, Hartenstein, we can give him the same deal that we gave Reggie and are just about to give uh, Batum with the bird rights. If he plays one more year with us at that low, like 2.53 million, right? We can offer him that 10 next year. Okay. Um, but right now is the time for Hartenstein to probably get the bag. Somebody might overpay him right now. Uh, a team will want him. I'm sure there's plenty of people, suitors for Hartenstein. I don't want to lose him. I, he's been working out in San Diego with the boys, with Paul George and T-Man. They just did a full workout down at Kauai at uh, uh, UCSD. Uh, they were playing football on the beach. The chemistry's all right there, right? So, uh, and we could talk about that in a minute. How about this, Drew? Tell me your starting five for the Clippers. Yeah. And give me your give me your coming off the bench. Yeah, do, you want me get, is, do you want me to do mine first? This is a tough one. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And this it was hard for me. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so I'm I'm just sticking with Reggie right now as my starting point guard, okay? Because he's been with the, the chemistry's there, been playing with the boys for a minute. I got Reggie, Norm, Kawhi, PG, Zub. Okay. Yep. First man off the bench is going to be John Wall, and then we got Nico, and then we got Rocco, Robert Covington, and then Mark. I mean, uh, and then uh, Luke Kennard, and then Marcus Morris, and then it's like, okay, well, where's T Man? Right. I don't know where we're going with this, man. So there's so many things that we can throw out. And I'm sure Ty Lu, there will be circumstances where it's like, you know what, we're going to go small tonight or, yeah. or, or, you know what, Kawhi needs a night off. We're getting, he's going to need nights off. There will yes. be nights where Robert Covington will be playing center. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there'll be, uh, there'll be nights where team man starts at the two or the three. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What do you think? I think I think what you're saying makes sense to me. Um, I do think that there's a there's a transitional period though, where if John Wall is is playing to the level of that 20 and seven that we saw in Houston, where he takes he takes over the starting point guard position, and you move Reggie to the bench, and then that allows Reggie to get into his bag a little bit more. 
offensively. So to me, I think the ultimate, like at the end of the season, if everything goes according to plan, you got John Wall, you got Norm, who really needs to work on his on-ball defense clips. If I'm going to be nitpicky. You are. You are right now. That's that's, that's fine. Uh, that's one thing, especially with this team. You guys are a good defensive squad. He cannot be the defensive liability that he was at times at the back of the season for the Clippers. So Norm, PG, Kawhi, Zub. But I think I think Zub probably won't finish a lot of games unless it unless it's like the Clevelands of the world or you know what I'm saying, like where where a team has a big body that that he needs to be out there for. But I do think the lethal combination is figuring out like Covington or Batum Morris at that five. I think, and then, and then the bench rotations, you gotta, this is fun. You gotta earn minutes. Yeah. If you're on that bench, Luke, you better be shooting 43%. Yeah. Or else your ass is not playing. Well, he did last year. He shot better than that, but yes, no, I think it's more. The question is Luke, if you're not taking the shots, you're out, you're you're done. And we'll get somebody else. I guess what Marcus you're in, come get us some buckets. People forget Marcus Morris was like our go-to guy when everybody's out. Marcus Morris put up really good minutes for us and numbers for us. And I unfortunately think that if anybody gets lost in the shuffle in all of this, it will be Marcus Morris. It will be like, if we make another trade, I just saw Mo. (laughs) Don't laugh, Drew, but I just saw, you know, uh, Orlando's getting rid of Mo Bamba, right? I think we need another center. We need somebody in there that's going to help us. If we're not going to have a Hartenstein, yeah. If Arnstein's not going to be there, we might got to make a play for a center. I, I knew we were interested in Nerlens Noel a couple of days ago, which I liked at the price tag he was at, but that's now over. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think, it, I think that Hartenstein piece, it would be great to keep him because of how well, like how stat stacking he is when he's in that second unit. Uh, and he is much more of a lob threat than Zub is on the pick and rolls. Uh, so I agree. Well, while it might not be Isaiah that finishes, you know, that, that ends up starting the season for the Clippers, it makes a lot of sense to replace him in some form or fashion with another six ten or above type of guy, because that's where you're thin <laughs> and you're not thin in a lot of places. Uh, but if, if Hartenstein leaves, then, then yeah, you got to replace him. But uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And Ooh. I think, you know, the, the nicest part about this depth is it pairs really well with the injury history of a lot of these guys, right? So if you have all this depth and someone rolls an ankle, this should not be a problem. Now, you know, of course, going beyond that, if Paul George's elbow flares up or if Kawhi's knee is what, you know, gets re-injured, that depth becomes obviously much more important. Uh, But uh, to your point and to Jalen Rose's point, this is definitely the best Clippers team that's ever been assembled. And I think this is going to be a very exciting season for you. Guys. Oh, we are a problem, bro. Yeah, we are. We are a problem. And even Draymond was on his podcast uh, yesterday saying, oh, boy, like, yo, Clippers are kind of scary, yo. you know, and we are. But again, I'm not drinking all the tea. OK, I want to see, you know, like I just said, the boys have been in San Diego working out. Kawhi's working no. out, has no limitations. Paul George is obviously on his honeymoon right now, but prior to getting married, he was down working with the boys. Everybody's working out together. Um, we've been, you know, Nico and Reggie, they've been at the training facility, getting shots up, working with the kid, working with uh, Rocco and all those guys. So um, meanwhile, you know, there's other players like, you know, LeBron has been in New York for two weeks, like working out with Kevin Love. 
Like what are, what are, where's the Kevin guy, Love you know, just got married yesterday. Kevin, if anybody comes to the Lakers, it might, maybe you'll get Kevin Love at some point. Uh, the price tag's kind of hefty, but he's, yeah, he's still got a lot of money. <laughs> I wanted John, John Wall was in, in the gym working out yesterday. Well, they, sorry, just real quick to, to, to finish up on the Clippers depth and, and the money stuff. I think with the owner that you have in Balmer witnessing uh, Joe Lacob splurge and spend the money on the Warriors and watching it work and watching them get another title. I think Balmer is very comfortable and okay with dipping into those pockets and saying, you know what, let's re- just let's resign them all. Let- everybody's back, including Isaiah, including Batum. Everybody's back, and yes, I'll foot the bill because he's that kind of owner. He's not stupid, but I think if he sees an opportunity to actually bring a championship to a Clippers organization that has been yet to go to the finals, it only makes sense if you're going to have to compete with the likes of the payroll of the Warriors and the Nets and the Lakers and all these other teams that are spending this kind of cash that he goes, all right, maybe I'll do it this year. Well, then maybe like, okay, if that's the case, and I believe, and I think so too, but you also can't overpay Hartenstein, right? So if, if his ticket was two and a half this year and we can say, Hey man, we'll give you three, eight, we'll go as high as three, eight for this year. And then we can do your bird rights next year. We'll get you in. Are you willing? But then a team like Orlando or a team like Milwaukee might come in and be like, Hey man, we're, we're, right. we're ready to offer you nine and a half, 10. Right now, you have totally. to take that. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I, no one will blame him for that. No, and I don't blame him for that yeah. at all. But what I'm saying is I think like Nico, like Nicholas Batum, and like Reggie has said, how important the Clippers have been to, to them both as far as like uh, reviving their careers and whatnot. I think Isaiah kind of feels the same way. And you want to be – first again, you're in L.A. too. Like you, you just got married. Your wife probably loves L.A. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if, you, if you can get a little bit extra money or ride it out for one more year yep. and, and, and see if we can give you that money that you want next year. But look, I'm very excited. Clipper fans should be very excited for what we have coming. But like all this talk of like you're expecting this, this super hyper elite all NBA John Wall, I don't think that's the case. And sometimes, you know, like we saw with Russ and Allen Iverson, a lot of people don't want to come off the bench. I'm hoping that this past year for John Wall in Houston, you know, with a team that you should have been playing for, like 1,000% John Wall should have been on that team playing if he was healthy enough to play, which he was. Then when you have a, a shitty team say, we don't want you, take your $40 million, that should be humbling. And then to go to a team like the Clippers and having a relationship with Paul George and whatnot, and let Paul George sit down and break it down and be like, look, bro, this is what we want from you. We expect really good things from you, but the pressure of the franchise on your shoulder, the Washington mm. John Wall, earning that, that Jalen Brunson money yeah. at the time, um, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And you're not going to have that here. We necessarily yeah. don't need 20 and, and 8 John Wall. No, no, I no. need solid minutes man and i'd no rather turnovers. see you need no, no turnovers 100 that's what you need good defense no turnovers and, and, and if you can motivate him to try and become six man of the year mm-hmm. that's kind of the best scenario and we're one of the we're one of the uh, the bottom barrel on fast breaks fast break points and all of that john wall can increase that man if we can get some players that'll run with him that's why i'm saying like he's also never played with a player like Zubak, who loves to set the screens, loves to set picks. That's why I think this is going to work out really well. Really. I think he did. I mean, Marcin Gortat 
was yeah, I don't, uh, <laughs> that guy he that, if, if he did anything right it was set a screen and roll to the rim man let me tell you so the, the, the funny thing about john wall is where they're posted like oh clippers just got john wall and they're posting his highlights i'm like dude this is marcin gortat in these highlights like he hasn't played in the nba in a minute right Long definitely time. well he was a clipper we're the ones that kicked him out of the nba like we were done yeah. with marcin gortat but it's like, come on, man, show some Houston. We don't need 2012 John Wall, yeah, so right? Give us some more it, recent runs, please. It's like the girl you meet on Tinder that's <laughs> that's 40 years old, but she's posting pictures when she was 21. Like, you don't look that way, right? So let's be, let's be honest. I think the Clippers should be very happy. Yeah. I am very happy. I think the sky is the limit. And again, low risk, super high reward for the potential of what John Wall could be for the Clippers. So let's uh, there, a lot of stuff has happened just today and yesterday. Let's, let's go through these really quick, Drew. Um, I think this is a, a, I mentioned that San Antonio is in full tank mode. <laughs> I think they are in 100% full tank mode going after Victor Wembenyea next season. They Wimbenyama. want Wembenyea, Wembenyama. They want him. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the race for the worst team in the NBA. They just traded uh, DeJounte Murray to the Hawks. Um, for three picks, a pick swap, which I like. If you're planning, if you're rebuild, if you're doing a full blow up and rebuild, get the picks, get get all that you can. I love this for Atlanta. And Danilo, I, by the way, Danilo is okay. Danilo is a part of that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You're getting old, Danilo. I mean, I guess it's Danilo. Whatever. Uh, but I love this for the Hawks. I love this for Trey Young. I think this is a legit backcourt now. This takes a little bit of pressure off of Trey to be like the end all be all for. Um, for Atlanta, you throw in Clint Capella, you throw in uh, Hunter, you throw in if if Collins is still there, and if right. I'm Collins, like what, this this is this is a nice situation for me right now. He might, yeah. and I think he already has the bread, right? He does. They extended him. They extended him. He has the bread. Like I think you should second have some second thoughts about wanting to get out of there right now. Absolutely. Um, the Hawks picked up a legit player, man, and I think this is huge for the Hawks right now. Yeah, I was surprised uh, a little to see San Antonio so willing to let DeJounte go, right? Uh, he's still on the young side, right? I mean, granted, they got a lot of young kids over there, uh, but he's he's not he's certainly not over the hill in any capacity, and he's definitely their best player. They let Derek White go, and so it was like, okay, it felt like let's build around Murray, kind of the same way that OKC is building around Shea like we're just going to keep him we know he's good Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then we'll try and surround with you know everything else and and maybe it was DeJounte that was asking uh for a move and maybe they went you know what okay well I think he had no idea because he tweeted out like oh yeah like (laughs) when there was trade okay so maybe he was happy in San Antonio Mm -hmm. um because you know it it just was it was surprising to see that um but I do think they got like you said a nice future out of it Right. So they're going to, okay. They're going to, they're going to close They're going to close up shop. They're tired of finishing 10th. <laughs> they're tired of making that play in game. They're like, let's you know just, what, you know what, Jakob, Jakob Pertle, this is your organization. This Jakob is your, yeah. Primo, Josh Primo. This is your team. Go, now. Go, go get it, boys. Go get it. Put up some shots. Zach Collins. This is like a bunch of misfits down there. Oh uh, man. And so anyway, uh, sad for San Antonio to see them in this, in this state, but you know, and all good things must come to an end, as they say. Uh, and it was a hell of a run for the Spurs, you know? And and I think it's fair to say that it's officially over now. But moving to the Hawks, on paper, this makes a lot of sense. The biggest worry that I have, and before I start jumping for joy for all these Atlanta Hawks fans, 
is Trey Young. Does he want this? Is he buying in? Will he play off the ball? Never done it. Never done it once. Not even one time ever. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of trust and a lot of buy-in to turn into an off-the-ball player because you have to trust that your teammates will get you the ball. And you have to be in incredible shape if he's going to be the quote-unquote Steph Curry of the, of the East. Now, this brings me to my next point. A while back, the front office uh, of the Hawks decided to pull a couple Warrior staff members right out of Golden State, slide them into the front office of the Atlanta Hawks. And they have been actively trying to emulate what the Warriors have done. And they see an opportunity in Trey Young, even though both you and I agree they're not the same player, but they see an opportunity to potentially turn him into a pseudo type of Steph Curry uh, or even some sort of Monte Ellis, uh, Allen Iverson type of guard where he looks like a point guard, but actually on the offensive end is a two guard. And if he buys into that, and if they have a system that allows Trey to get free, and if he gets that conditioning up so that he can run like Reggie Miller all night, then this, this turns into a fantastic move. First and foremost, though, if Trey doesn't buy in, at the very least, they got better defensively. And that was, that was obviously a problem when they were starting Trey and Bogdanovich. Those guys are you know, not good defensive players. Uh, and you know, Bogdanovich is 30 years old, bro. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. He looks like a youngster out there, but he's not that young anymore, <laughs> which is, is shocking. Cause he does, he doesn't, yeah, he, he, he's got the baby face, but DeJounte at the very least will shore up that defensive end for them and will be able to let them get out more in transition. Let's get more in transition out here. Let's, let's get easier buckets. Let's get things into the front court much quicker. Uh, and uh, for a guy like, John Collins, four guys like Clint Capella, the big boys there, uh, they have to be excited about this move because he should provide more offensive structure uh, than just Trey dribbling around the whole fucking time and, and launching some sort of step back three, which he still obviously will do uh, for this team. But I get where the, where the Hawks are coming from here. You have Trey. Let's see if we can put a good uh, playmaking point guard around him, help him on the defensive end. And let's see if we can build around this. What like, you know, because they were they were surprises in the Eastern Conference Finals not too long ago. And they, they took a giant step backwards last year. And I think getting Danilo out of there and kind of getting Cam Reddish out of there, maybe settled the pack a bit so that not everyone's scrapping and fighting for the same minutes. Um, so it's an exciting move. But to me, it's unfinished. I need to see what this is going to look like before I get all gung ho about the, you know, the, the Hawks really changing things here with this one player now, but the potential is there. Yeah, I agree. And you can hide Trey on defense now, or at least try to. So DeJounte can guard the guy that Trey can guard. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So and they didn't have, they didn't have anybody really. It was just, right. it was a uh, Hunter, right? Hunter was the only guy that could guard anybody. I mean, you know, Capella's fine defensively on the, on the, on the big boys, but right. outside of that, you know, John Collins is not a defensive <laughs> stout player, uh, but, but real quick going to John Collins, that's also, I think, in the mix still. I think with this move, they got to wait. They got to wait until the season starts. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what lineup works the best. Can we use John, uh, can we use John Collins as a small ball center and, and kind of pseudo-recreate that Warriors thing through him? 
Uh, or can he, is it better for him to play as the power forward off of Clint or do you let him go? But to me, I think right now they should hold and see what they got when, when the season start, you know, get through training camp. And, and then when the season starts, you know, if it doesn't work and it goes sideways or, or there's, you know, John and Trey are at, at each other's throats again. Okay. Ship them off. Uh, go, go pick up somebody else for him. Uh, but really, I think it's a, I think it's a great positive move, but I'm just not, I'm not all the way there yet. Clips. Yeah. Well, you know, on Twitter today, Trey Young tweeted as soon as the trade happened, he treated, he, he tweeted, uh, uh, the shit just got real. Right. So I think he's excited to get, I mean, you're getting an all-star guard, man. What else do you want? You, that's what you're getting. So I like DeJounte. I, 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 I see good things happening for Atlanta, but like you, I don't think they're done yet. The surprise to me today was Harden opting out of the Philly <laughs> deal. <clears throat> that wasn't a surprise because then you could sign the Supermax right. or whatever the hell it is. But it came with the caveat that he's opting out to re-sign as a free agent at a lower cost so you could build you can, we can build uh, a team, use some yep. of that money. And that is so un-James Harden-like to me, yes. but that is such an awesome move. I mean, the guy's made hundreds of millions of dollars, right? I get it. But it's also very difficult to ask any man, any person to leave a lot of money on the table. Yep. But from what Sham said today was, I mean, he's the one that broke it, of course. And uh, he said James Harden has been in the gym earlier than he's ever yep. been in the gym right now during the summer. He says his focus is going to be to win an NBA title in Philly this season. He's willing to give up a lot of money. I mean, I think yep. they're, they're going to re-sign him at like 10.5, like 11 wow. million, right? Which is very unhardened life, okay? Yeah. Um, but he has made a lot of bread. And if you're commit, that's commitment to me, man. Yeah. And uh, that's something I've wanted to see from James Harden. It's, and I'm saying it's, James, it's not James Harden-like because – we wouldn't expect this. I was expecting James Harden to ask for the bag and want the Supermax, right? Or at least like a three-year, 100 mil, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not, and that's really good for Philly fans because that's a lot of money that you can work with. And I think you had mentioned to me before the show started today that that PJ is going there, Yep. Uh, which is a good signing. It's still not – you need more, you right? Do. But they got more. They, they traded away Danny Green. They got DeAnthony Melton in there. So they True. got Milton, Milton and Melton. Uh, but – I think they're, I think they're Daryl <laughs> knows that PJ is familiar with James Harden, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they all know each other from the Houston days mm-hmm. and in his own way is trying to recreate maybe some of the magic that they found in Houston with this roster. And instead of Clint Capella down there catching lobs from James Harden, it's our boy Embiid. And, you know, Danny Green, I think did a good job for the, for the Sixers in the moments that he, that he did. And, but, but he's so hot and cold. The new generation's uh, Robert Ory, right? That's exactly right. Say it. Again. I'll say it every day. He is. He's this generation's Robert Ory. Go back and look at the stats. It's remarkably similar. Um, and if we can, hey, whatever, bro. I have my Mo Bamba call. You have Danny Green's the new generation of Robert Ory. I will say it's it okay. again. If it's not Danny Green, then who is it? Somebody name him for me. If it's not Danny Green, who is it? Uh, if if there has to be one Robert Ory in the league, it's got to be Danny Green. Um, but I do think. It's shocking, right? This is this is the last thing that anyone thought James Harden was going to do. It was either Philly's going to give me the bag all the way, full bag, or I'm a free agent. Someone will give it to me somewhere, uh, and I'll be happy. Um, this, to me, is a very positive sign. Obviously, it's it the is. only way you can take it. If if James Harden is actually locked into the point where he's already working out, just you know, mere weeks from the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also very, very good. And 
to me, this is something that we talked about clips at the, at the end of the Sixers run was about his physical status, about the, about his body and about his athleticism. We saw it deteriorate way too fast. He's, he's still a relatively young man. He's only 32 or 33. Uh, and I thought he still had another run in him. And this is what we have asked of James Harden. Uh, I think me in particular, get in the gym, see what you can get out of the last remaining years of your career. Do you want to turn into uh, Mr. I shoot 10 times a game and I have a couple turnovers and it makes some assists, but I don't take big shots in big moments after, you know, especially after that second half of the, of the, the closeout game against Miami. Uh, this is a very, very good sign for the, for the Sixers and Sixers fans in general should be stoked on this, especially with, uh, our guy Maxi being as good as he is, we know we know he should improve even more again this coming season. Uh, I think DeAnthony, DeAnthony Melton is going to be a great addition off the bench and can start at times if they need to. Uh, positive, positive stuff here, and at the very least, you know PJ is whatever thirty-seven, uh, but I think his familiarity with Daryl and with James will pay off in the long run. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, your boy, Russ opted in shocking 47 million next. I don't want to talk <laughs> I know, about I'm it. done with that. I'm done with Russ. We don't need to talk about Russ. Nope. Right now. Uh, Bobby Portis. I think that's going to be a coveted free agent right now. Yes. He opted we out he's, that last year. And then he signed for like know, seven million for no money for no money. <laughs> We're like, he's going to at least get 10, 12 million. And, and now he, now he's an unrestricted free agent right now. Knicks. Uh, yeah. Knicks go back, go back. Knicks are going to throw 150 million, 150 million, eight year, eight year, 150 for Bobby Portis. Portis and Brunson just, just going to bring yeah, us to the it. promised land. Reinvigorated again. Uh, Nuggets did a good trade. I mean, they got rid of Monte Morris and Will Barton uh, for KCP and Ish Smith. I'm, I mean, I'm, I think Denver it's gave a up move. a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, a money, money move. move. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, it's it's got to make room for Porter Jr.'s contract, Jamal's contract, mm -hmm. Jokic's contract. They they had to get Will and they had to get Monte off the books. Ish Smith broke the record. Thirteen teams. Thirteen team, baby. I mean, assuming he plays, assuming assuming he doesn't you know get waived and whatever. But if he plays, <laughs> it'll be it'll be the new record. I think Nick, he breaks Trevor Ariza's record, right? Isn't man, that, right? that is so impressive, though. <laughs> and it's not not a joke. Impressive. I'm no, saying no. like. You want to talk journeyman status, man. The mm -hmm. fact that you've been able to stay in the NBA and teams want you, 13 different teams wanted you. Yeah. And and you played for them. I mean, that's that's something to write home about, man. Right? Like absolutely. It, absolutely. And to provide value to each of these teams enough to stay mm -hmm. around for as long as he has. Now, granted, not all of his stints have been quite long because 13 teams. I think he's only been in the league like like 10 years, maybe mm -hmm. nine years. Mm -hmm. He's been a lot of teams. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he hasn't really planted his flag anywhere, uh, but he is a solid player and he's still super fucking fast. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and, and of course, KCP will be fine. He'll, I think he'll fit right in in, in Denver. Uh, I think he can he can do a lot of what Will Barton did for the Nuggets. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't have the shot creation that Will Barton has. Uh, and he won't score as many points as Will Barton, but on defense, he will provide, I think, a similar stability that that Will Barton provided to the Nuggets. And on offense, he will hit catch and shoot threes. That's just what he does. That's why he's still in the league. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty happy with, you know, getting off of that money and bringing in two guys that should ser like serve the same 
roles really i mean bones highland is now where he needs to be so mm-hmm. he gets he gets the backup minutes which is great because he's he's a good player they're all in on him they like yeah. him a lot and they should be mm-hmm. and, and it was time i think it was time for monte morris to find a new destination um and you know that's something we talked about last year is like trade monte morris bring in goran Dragic, right like that's something i was banging the drum on is because if monte morris is good enough to be that good of a backup point guard somebody's gonna want him and lo and behold he ends up on the wizards which I didn't know this. Apparently him and Kuz go all the way back. Second uh, grade? Yeah, they go all the way back. Right. I cuz they're both from I think they're both from the Michigan area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Monte Morris went to Michigan State. Um and so that's cool and I think Monte will have uh, plenty of minutes um on the court for for the Wizards. They said that Kuzma and him talked in elementary school about playing on the same NBA team. That's pretty impressive, man, coming from I mean Kuzma's from Flint, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's no yeah, joke. Yeah. Yeah. to come out of there. So uh, I want to bring one more thing up before we get into final thought. Uh, I posted a picture on our page of Luca. Okay. We've, we, we've, we've been saying this man working uh-huh. out skinny Luca is going to be an issue, right? Yes. And he looked absolutely great. He looks like he's dropped about 15 pounds. Looks like <laughs> it. You can see it in the face. You can see it in the arms. Um, but what I'm more impressed with is like, we're, you know, a month removed from their exit from uh, the playoffs deep run in the playoffs and Luca's already in uh, playing in the FIBA world championships right now and just cooking, cooking. You can already see that the conditioning is paying off for him. And I think it's scary when really, really good players end up, whether it's playing in the Olympics over the summer or playing in the, in the FIBA world championships, they come back with a, with a different kind of mentality, man. And Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, a lot of players spend their, their off seasons working out with, Chris Brinkley or doing your own little workouts with getting in these pro-am runs and shit like this. This guy's playing against the world's best uh, over uh, in the FIBA World Championships. And I just think, man, if Luca was a problem, is already a problem, give me fucking toned Luca. Give me athletic Luca. And I think I, I said on the post that like, yo, the NBA has been put on blast or put on notice that this guy's coming back to – He's playing for a world championship. He's playing for an NBA championship next year. He's not just playing for the MVP. Uh, this guy's going to be a problem, Drew. It's good to see. It's amazing to see. Uh, it is amazing to see. And I, I do think that there is something about just having games, constantly having games, especially at his age. That is good. It's helpful. Uh, but to me, there is there is still one, one small caveat. What, the hookah luka? What happens after this world championship is over? Right. Right. Because he's in shape. He's looking really good. Uh, he's playing ball for his Slovenia team. Awesome. But we had that last summer. And at the end of the, at the end of the Olympics, he disappeared. I think he was on a couple beaches somewhere. Beaches. Beaches all day. Beaches with beaches. And lo and behold, he shows up, you know, a few a few pounds heavier by the start of the season. So before we go applauding him for these efforts, which, which Drew, you don't want to applaud anybody on this show. You don't want to give anybody any props right now. You're not what are you sorry, talking about. You're, you're not happy about Atlanta. You're not happy about Luca. You want to be shown stuff. Just be happy for the dude. Hold on a man. second. On the last podcast, I told you I was happy for him and for I know. Zion, I know. especially Zion. Uh, but yes, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I think that's a way to, I think that's the easiest way for me to, for me okay. to explain myself. I'm a skeptic based on the history that we have already witnessed. So until Luca finishes this world championship and Mm -hmm. then we see him in the gym and then we see him show up to training camp not drinking you know a liter of iced tea 
yeah, then I will be all for it. I'll, I'll stand up. I'll stand up and give him a standing ovation. But that's the biggest caveat. Maybe that's my issue. When is the game stop. It's all the ice. You know, I drink a lot of iced tea. Man. You do drink. You, you, like, drink you like yourself some iced teas. I don't drink the sweet tea, though, but I use my sweet and lows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I need I can't cut out that, bro. I've already cut out half the alcohol. I don't want to cut out my, my iced tea. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the day. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with Luca and where, where he ends up. Uh, I'm excited, where, too. I'm excited, too. I, I want to see it. I need to see the follow through, if you will. Mm. Uh, that was a plug, by the way. It was. Uh, give me your final thoughts, Drew. So this one. Final thoughts. It's a little selfish. Uh, oh. my, my birthday is on Friday, so uh, July 1st. Happy birthday. Uh, oh, oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll be 33 years old. And uh, shout out Larry Bird and Kareem. <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm, I'm not mentioning it because I want everyone to wish me happy birthday. I'm mentioning it because it's, it's a, July 1st happens to be a great day in sports. Free agency is open in the NBA. You know, everyone lo- knows I love soccer. The same thing happens in the world of, of soccer slash football. Free agency opens up in, during that time. And so I'm going to be sitting my happy ass down, looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram and watching all these things fly around. So I'm excited for my birthday. I'm excited for the moves that will be made. And I'm excited for our next episode when we'll break down our, our best available free agents uh, and the ones that we expect to be you know, on new teams next year and making differences uh, around the league, but small, short, and simple here. Happy birthday to me and awesome day in the world of sports. Well, also on July 1st, you can have your free agency watch. You can have your soccer watch. And then also July 1st, volume two, stranger things season four (laughs) drops. So, you know what I will be doing. I am, Rewatching again season uh, the first first volume, yeah, uh, and I am so excited. It's scary as shit, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like, is that right? I, it, this one has been been a little difficult for me, wow. and I, I like scary stuff, bro. You do, you know, yeah, you know I'm dark, morbid shit. You sometimes do. You like the scary stuff. Yeah, <laughs> if it's not basketball, I'm watching some fucked up television. Guys. It's I mean, just very to, true. Drew, Drew doesn't won't watch files. half. The, <laughs> Drew won't watch half the shit that I watch. Oh no, uh, no, but. The, the, uh, volume two comes out July 1st. Oh, so that's fun. I would be on that. Mine's going to be short and sweet too. And it kind of goes back to something that we were just talking about. And, uh, you know, now, it, now it's just comedy to me. Now this is all just comedy to me because we have to bring up Kyrie again. All right. So oh, yeah. after all the media cycle of Kyrie's a Clipper, Kyrie's a Laker. Oh no, he's talking to LeBron. They're trying to fix this out. He did Yet again, what we said would happen, he opts into his $37 million deal. But that's not the funny thing. It's how he announced the deal that is so <laughs> Kyrie-ish that, uh, you know, our, what was our last episode called? It was called Claytheism. Like, this should be called Kyrieism Because, yeah. listen, this is how he posted it on Twitter. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. And the only thing I kept playing in my head was the goddamn Jay-Z song with Will Ferrell. Like, it's provocative. Gets the people going. I want If you could plug in that. <laughs> gets the people going. I'm like, dude, what the fuck does this have to do with basketball? At oh, my all? God. Right? It makes no sense to me, but it makes so much sense in the Kyrie terms, right? And the other thing that if I'm a Nets fan, I'm pissed off about, he's like, see you in the fall. No, Kyrie, 
I want to see you in the gym this week. Okay. Yes. I want to see you working out this week. I want to see you being the leader of a team, get the group of guys together. Again, I'm going back to the Clippers. Get the guys to go to the beach and play football. Go see a movie. The only way this shit's going to work out, the fact that the, the Nets are have a, a, a in Vegas have higher odds to win a title <laughs> over Milwaukee is ridiculous. It's stupid. Right? Stupid. Um, it makes no sense to me. So see you in the fall is just some more shit that this guy is putting out man and i and again i brought it up to you before the show started you can't say anything bad about Kyrie irving because then people get like all super defensive for whatever reason and what did you say to that drew you said well then show me the people show me the people that support him and explain it to me i support Kyrie. don't get me wrong i support Kyrie in taking his in making his stand and and making his decisions but basketball Kyrie is a little different beast for me and you had said just like somebody come on the show and yeah. explain to me what all of this means because I, I don't, don't get I can't it. it's hard to, it's hard to follow it feels like a different language. it's like he's speaking a different language what does what does you opting into 37 million dollars have to do with normal people that keep the world going is that a, is that a, is that a, like a shot at us normal people and then what makes you so different that leads us into tomorrow. I don't get it, man. I don't understand. I, I, I've, I, you know, at this point, I have given up trying to translate Kyrie. Uh, I just, you know, I just take it like, okay, that's another weird tweet, uh, another weird thing that Kyrie says. And, and, and the bottom line is he didn't have any options. There was zero. Like we said, who's going to trust this man? Who's going to trust him that you go, yeah. We'll do a signature other than the Lakers, by the way, other than the Lakers. Well, I told you I was ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I still I'm still ready because he opted into 37. That makes the Westbrook, the, the Westbrook deal even even better for us. It's like perfect. Done. Let's make it happen. So I think this is the other thing. The, the soap opera that was this fucking whirlwind of two weeks that started like right before the draft. It's one week, I guess, mm-hmm. right before the draft. And here we are now. Uh, I don't think it's over. I think this soap opera will continue to play out, unfortunately, for Brooklyn Nets fans, which, again, there are not too many out there. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't I don't know too many. I know a bunch of Kevin Durant fans. Yeah. I know a bunch of Kyrie Irving fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know hardly any Nets fans, uh, but I don't think this is done. I do not think this is over uh, simply because for a moment there, it felt like the Nets were going to lose both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> the roller coaster, the roller coaster that was this week. Yes. Was, uh, was absolutely insane. Even that interview, that street interview that Kyrie did with yeah. somebody. And he's like, are you going to be in Brooklyn next year? And then he laughs about it and passes it off to his agent. Right. Who I think is his auntie or is his, I don't, I'm, I think I it's his mom, mom or auntie or whatever. I don't yeah, even know. I, I don't know. I don't know. But which to me, after looking at that, I'm like, Oh, he's ghost for so sure. Did I, I thought for sure he was gone. He was gone. <laughs> and, and let me say this. I got my hopes up when all these reports were like, he could opt out and he could sign the $6 million offer for the Lakers. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. But he's going to give up 30 million. Come on. Man. Well, that's, I mean, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm just getting hopeful over here. Clips. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay? I know. I know. All right. I know. I'm Mr. Skeptical, right. Are. Analytic skeptical, but sometimes I dream. Sometimes you're a hopeful. You're this is what you are. You're a hopeful skeptic. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Kyrie will be a Brooklyn net. Um, and Kevin Durant and him will play this year. And Kyrie will have to prove to the Nets and to the rest of the league that he's worth anything, that he's worth being able to be on a team 
being a member of the team, going through everything with the team. And that means playing the games, going to practice and not quitting and not just disappearing. No time off. No, no. You have to play. (laughs) You have to play the majority of the season, man. And then there will be suitors. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. If he comes out and plays 60, 60 games, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's Mm -hmm. I'm really, that's a low bar, 60 games. I guarantee next year, the Brooklyn Nets will have people that want him and they might want to keep him too. Well, two things too, is the, the front office, Cy and uh, Marks came out and said that we're not doing what we did last year. Like, this is not, this is not what we're doing. I am not going through this again. Um, and I rightfully so. Right. Yeah. And I don't think Steve Nash wants to go through this again. Um, but I do want to see, I know him and Stephen A have been going at it on Twitter and KD. Like, no, I'm talking, no, Kyrie and Stephen oh. A have been going back and forth. Uh, and, and Stephen A has not backed down one bit. All he said, he wants him on the show to come have an interview with him and talk it out. Cause Stephen A will, has been saying all of this stuff and he's not afraid to say it to Kyrie. Yeah. Like you and I are just saying, come explain yourself. Like I, I want to know more. If I knew more, I'm sure Kyrie is a great guy. He's extremely smart and he seems like he's, he's great for with the kids. And like, I get it. I just don't get quotes like this. And yep. what is the meaning behind that? So I want him and Stephen A to hash it out. I think it would be great. I, that's a, I would, I would pay for it. I would tune in. I would tune in for that one. 100%. Uh, and I hope it happens. I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not going to hold my breath. Because I think it's just a it's a it's a battle that Kyrie's already ha- he's already lost. Are you going up against a, a guy who's a seasoned pro mm-hmm. at breaking down arguments? Mm-hmm. This is just not going to work very well. Uh, so I don't expect Kyrie to show up on any show. But who knows? He 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 surprises me. All we the don't time. know. We yeah. don't know. <laughs> so I uh, he'd probably show up on that on that uh, Jada Jada Smith show first yeah. before he goes to Stephen. He go to the red table. First. Red table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is, is more likely of an appearance at this point. Uh, but yeah, he did what we all expected him to do. He'll be on the Brooklyn Nets uh, or or who knows, maybe he'll just walk away from the game. Uh, and I don't know, maybe he'll fake an injury. Like there's so many options that he has, really. But when it came to leaving the Nets. Crickets. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, there'll definitely be more shit to talk about this time next week when we drop a new show. This is officially episode one of season six of the follow through with clips and drew uh we'll be back shortly we appreciate you screenshot share with your friends tell somebody about us it's the follow through with clips and drew and we're ghosts you know what it is you know what it is you know